We started the year at about 900. We will end the year over a thousand. We are in the midst of a growth spurt right now where we're opening 20 new branches in 2021, which means that not only are we trying to figure out how to support our current employees, but we're onboarding over 150 new employees and not only hiring, but training and then getting um, new sites open. So at the end of the year, we will hit about a thousand employees. Welcome to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Blake St. Ange, Principal for the Portland Office of Cressa, a global corporate real estate firm. From the people, the culture, and their thoughts on the future of work, we sit down with leaders from Portland's most respected companies to learn about what makes their workplaces tick. We also dive into the commercial real estate markets and workplace trends that will help shape the future of business in Portland for years to come. Subscribe at cressa.com Portland or wherever you find your podcasts. Welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited to have Jackie Dunkley with me this afternoon. Jackie is the Senior Vice President and Chief Talent Officer of On Point Community Credit Union here in Portland. Uh, Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Jackie, I've uh, our paths have crossed uh, tangentially in the last, I don't know, several years through a couple of nonprofit things. But if you could just give us, for people that may not know about On Point Community Credit Union and yourself, uh, if you could just walk us through who you are, how you became the mm-hmm. SVP and Chief Talent Officer at at the Credit Union, and then um, we'll start the conversation there and and uh, rock and roll. Would be glad to. Well, thank you very much, Blake. Again, it's it's a pleasure to be here today. So excited. On Point Community Credit Union is a credit union that was started by 16 school teachers over 90 years ago, I believe. And um, the focus is really about supporting communities. And so throughout its history, as we continue to get larger and larger, we really may remain focused on community support. We are about 25% of the market share here in the Portland metro area, but our community spread up through Vancouver, um, down as far as Eugene, Kaiser, Salem, out to McMinnville and Sandy, um, and we continue to grow. So we've got over 400,000 members and excited to be a community partner, if you will. I came to On Point about seven years ago. I had grown up in the high-tech and biotech world, and so when this opportunity came available, um, I actually passed on it until (laughs) somebody said, it's an amazing organization you need to apply, and as they say, the rest is history. Um, But a little bit more about me, I um, went to Northern Arizona University up in Flagstaff, Arizona, so I am a proud lumberjack, and then upon graduating, I went to the Sandra Day O'Connor School of Law at Arizona State University. Graduated there um, and passed the bar, started on a career path that I thought was pretty um, clear, started practicing law and found that didn't love litigation. I My specialty was employment law and employment la- lawyers do a lot of litigation. Um, and so after a short period of time, made the switch into litig- from litigation into prevention. And so went in-house and started working in-house at organizations, started out in newspapers of all things. Yes, those are still around. So newspapers, then I went into high tech and biotech. And then as I mentioned, now I'm in financial services. And the beautiful thing about an HR career is that it can transverse across multiple industries. And so when I talk to young college students, some go you know, very deep in a profession, 
but getting a profession that is broad, you know, once an organization has about 100 employees, they need to start looking at kind of HR um, professionals to help support them. And so that's one of the beautiful things about the career path that I've chosen is that it has allowed me to work in biotech and cell separation and, you know, seeing presses run at newspapers and now, you know, seeing how money moves through our financial system is, is a very cool thing. Did you go to law school right after undergrad? A year after. Yep. Okay. So you go, you get your law degree and you're sort of embarking on this path of being a litigator. My brother's a litigator. He loves it. I think you either love it or you hate it and you got to love it to to go full in. Um, But I I think, you know, if you sort of think about the HR and people side of things, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a a logical path to go from, you know, from, from law school to that. But if you think, but practically you think about the things that you sort of deal with on a day-to-day basis, it, it's probably really good training. Yeah. Well, we really, you know, we look at risk mitigation, if you will. So, you know, when uh, we, we work with these lovely beings called humans and humans do lots of fun things that, that grow us and challenge us. And, and so, you know, as we're navigating, whether it's COVID or whether it's a leave of absence or whether it's a hiring or whether it's, you know, when we have to let somebody go, all of those are risk decisions. And, you know, with an employment law background, it helps me assess, you know, what are the risk factors associated with these business decisions? And so it's been invaluable as I've progressed as an HR professional, probably not as lucratively as I could if I had (laughs) stayed a a litigator. But, you know, I, I, One thing that I really value about the work that I do is that I feel like we're all working together. And sometimes in litigation, you get opposing sides and they're preventing each other from being successful. And like medicine and many, you know, engineering, it's really about forward movement. How do we get better for our employees, for our communities, for our industry? And I like to be in that path rather than the litigation path. So if I have to call an attorney to a certain extent, I feel like we failed because it means that we haven't figured out a way to get to a place where we can all, you know, make, make positive forward movement. So, so I'd imagine that learning curve from, you know, law school and attorney to HR is one piece. What about the learning curve the last 12 months? (laughs) You know, um, I read one time that agility happens when you have something catastrophic. So people's learning ability or, or agility typically is pretty static until you have a catastrophic, catastrophic event. So sometimes, you know, a, a marriage or a move or a loss of somebody will, will kind of change your agility. And I would have to say, I think most of us have experienced a change in agility over the last year. And so I moved into my new role about six months prior to the pandemic. So there's nothing like getting promoted and then being thrown into a worldwide <laughs> pandemic um, and helping to support an organization through that has been quite challenging, as you can imagine. So, what what's the, what was the new role? The new role is my current role. My my as a as a chief talent officer, I used to just be um, over HR, and okay. now I have four organizations that report up to me, as well as helping shepherd the organization through um, all of the HR fun that we've had the last year. Oh yeah, yeah. So, how many people are part of of uh, the credit union? How many, how many people do you guys, I mean, you serve, I think you said 400,000 yeah. members, which is incredible. Yeah. How many people does it take to serve that size of a community? That size. Um, we started the year at about 900. We will end the year over a thousand. Um, we are in the midst of a growth spurt right now where we're opening 20 new branches in 2021, which means that not only are we trying to figure out how to support our current employees, but we're onboarding 
over 150 new employees and not only hiring, but training um, and then getting um, new sites open. So at the end of the year, we will, we will um, hit about a thousand employees. Yeah. It's you're opening up 20 new branches in the year. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I think, I, I think I've seen some of the billboards that you guys have. And so, you know, when a lot of, like, I mean, I guess to the, to what the billboard are saying, a lot of other places are closing and you guys are sort of opening or you guys are closed maybe on Sundays. I think that's maybe what, what the, right. what the billboard yeah. says. That's good. So that's good branding. <laughs> you guys are doing a really nice job. Right. Um, Thank you. Uh, so onboarding that many people and then growing into that many branches, how, what's, I mean, what does that look like from a team? I mean, because six months prior to pandemic, you're now the talent officer. So you're probably in, you know, you've got acquisition of people, you have, you know, retention of people, mm-hmm. you have training of people, I'm sure. So what does that look like? How do you onboard, how do you <laughs> onboard it, people in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah, it's called agility. Um, I've got an <laughs> incredible team. So, so HR and learning development both report up to me and, you know, we just came together and we said, listen, we've got to, you know, if you will eat an elephant, you know, how do you eat an elephant? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. And so we had to break it down into, you know, last fall we had growth maps, you know, we had to plug in some numbers and we strategized on, you know, when the branches were, were tentatively to open, we've already opened four, we're going to open two more this week. So we'll be at six already, two more the following week. So we've got a pretty aggressive, uh, aggressive uh, growth path. So we, we took our talent and we said, you know, how many, how many tellers do we have to hire? How many platform, platform other people on the other side of the, of the branch that sit in desks that help you with opening accounts and opening um, uh, different, you know, IRAs and what have you. Um, and so we said, you know, what do we look like internally? What do we need to hire externally? Huge opportunity for our supervisory staff. We've been growing them um, pretty in- intentionally over the last year and a half, knowing that we need to continue to be ready if an opportunity becomes available. And so we had over 50% of the new branch managers came from um, our, our internal ranks. So that was oh, exciting. Yeah. Um, I think 75% of the, the promotions or the hires into the branch manager positions are female. So just an incredible opportunity to um, grow talent internally and then bring in some new talent um, externally. But it was very deliberate. And, you know, I would say our plan was about 80%. You know, we, we said, okay, if we can get 75% right, we're, you know, we're good. So I would say about 80% of it um, has been pretty accurate. And, you know, like I said, we've got an incredible team that will do what it needs to do. We brought on a few temp recruiters, as you can imagine, yeah. um, to help support that. And then our training team has been amazing because what they've done is we've always done in-person training. And so we had to, during the pandemic, which was a precursor to this onboarding, we had to convert all of our training to virtual. And now with this onboarding, we've been able to maintain some of the virtual training for some of the non-systems-based training. And then the systems training we have on-site and we're running um, multiple classes throughout the week. Like I said, it's been, you know, it's been an orchestrated seat and the team, as well as the whole organization have been truly amazing in supporting this growth. Yeah. And I've heard a lot that don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Right. And so it's like at a certain point, like we're not going to get everything perfect. So like you said, 80% right. we're 80% of the way, like let's, let's take a little bit of that, you know, it's risk mitigation too, but like, let's take a little bit of that right. risk and go and do it because that's a real challenge. I think also, what have you guys found from the talent pools? I mean, when we sort of talk to people <clears throat> pre-pandemic, the, uh, I got to find a, another word for pre-pandemic. 
PP maybe. Oh, that's PP loans. Um, but the talent pool was really challenging to, to get good talent, especially when, I mean, I'm not, you know, you think about sort of tech roles or credit union roles or insurance roles. Like, I mean, people is, I don't know. I mean, do people really want to get into that sort of stalwart industry of banking and credit unions and insurance versus, Oh, I'm going to go do be the next design side of things or engineering or, you know, or programming. And so what have you guys found in the last year as you're, as you're acquiring talent? Has it been really challenging? Has it, has it been like you have the opportunity to sort of pick from whoever you like? I, I heard that you said that, you know, a lot of those branch managers were sort of were elevated within, which I think is fantastic. But what about that new, that new growth outside of the organization? Has it, was it, has it been challenging or people like yeah, you know, ready to go? <laughs> Yeah, you know, if you build it, they will come. I wish it were that easy, right? Um, We, you know, it's really been kind of a mixed bag, if you will. So, you know, some of the talents that I've talked to, in fact, I interviewed with a a gal last week, and she said, you know, OnPoint's always been on my list of companies that I'd really like to work for. And so we have seen a lot of individuals, um, because of brand and and employment reputation, have said, you know, I really want to work there. We pay a little bit more than um, I think most, and so at an entry level. But we've also found a unique niche that a lot of times we hire people who have been to college for a couple of years, and they find that it wasn't their gig, it wasn't the right time for them, and they found really successful careers here in at the credit union because we say, you know what, come on in, let's get you started on your career. We have tuition reimbursement, so we've got a lot of people taking tuition reimbursement opportunities, um, and we see that they, you know, that they really climb into, you know, a great position. And what they say was a part-time or a temporary role becomes a, you know, a beautiful career path, which is awesome. There have been people who say, I want to only be remote, and that's really hard, um, given that over 50% of our organization is member-facing and has been open since May 26th. And so, you know, we have really, you know, had to have some of those hard conversations and say, we understand everybody has a different comfort level with COVID and, and with the pandemic. We've put all the protocols in place to keep our employees as safe as possible. And and we understand, you know, we had, I had a gal um, who wanted to work for me uh, about six weeks ago. And we said very clearly at the beginning, this is a, you know, this is a hybrid role. And when we come back, you know, in the fall or whatever, the pandemic will allow us, we're going to be back on site. And we got all the way to offer in. And she said, you know what, I just want to be remote. And I said, I get that. I get that. But we can't, that's, but that's not who we are. Because part of who we are is that connectivity with our membership, with our employees. And so it doesn't mean that, you know, hybrid or work from home is never an option. But for most of our positions, you know, we're being very upfront to say, you know, this is the this is the way it's going to be. So in some regards, it's been hard. A lot of times, you know, we're moving into new markets. We just moved into Sandy, which is a new market for us. We're moving into um, some areas north of Vancouver, which is a new market for us. Um, And people, oh, Cornelius. You know, our numbers, our growth numbers out in Cornelius have been amazing. People are excited to have us around and, yeah. and we love that excitement. You know, it's it's been a mixed bag. I guess that's where I'm going with it. Yeah. Well, I think you touched on the interesting thing too about, you know, we've been, there's been so much content out there on hybrid work and remote work and what's it, it, it sort of swinging one way or the other. And so it sounds like you guys, it sounds like on point for all intents is going to be, it's a in-person 
company. I mean, you might have some, uh, there's, I'm sure you guys are thinking through policy on what is a potential hybrid look like for some, you know, people depending on division right. and manager and all the other things that we hear about. But it sounds like he, for the most part, it's going to be, most people are going to be back in the office. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the trajectory that we've got. Like you said, there are a few business units that um, will remain remote um, because the industry is such. One, one beautiful thing that has happened is uh, the inbound member services call center reports to me. And it's, it, it was really pre-pandemic. I'm going to use your terminology. <laughs> pre-pandemic, it was really challenging to have individuals, kind of entry-level people come all the way down to the Montgomery Park building, which is in Northwest Portland. Yeah. Um, and for those of you familiar with our geography, getting to Northwest Portland either means you have to cross a bridge, go through a tunnel, or cross multiple bridges. And that can be really challenging. And so we have been able to open a, rem- a, a remote center out near our Clackamas location. And we have the capability now to have many of our employees permanently remote for our contact center, our call center. Uh, yeah. And so, so we've leaned into some of the positives associated with the pandemic. It's forced that technology agility that we might not have always embraced as aggressively as we have over the last you know, 12 to 15 months. But you are right that we are a, a face-to-face people company. And you know, we're excited when we see a new face come back into the office and, and you know, celebrate that rightfully so socially distanced. Yeah. Um, we are following, you know, all of the protocols associated with, you know, what the governor has provided in CDC and have started to slowly kind of rotate people, you know, uh, um, back in the office. And, you know, humans are connective. And, and that's been really great about, um, you know, kind of looking forward to what post-pandemic will look like. Yeah. Yeah. I, is this sort of a realization that you guys had maybe in the last few months about everyone coming together or, or was there a period of time we were like, wow, we're actually really productive. Everyone's at home. Like everyone's at home. I mean, other than, you know, 50% being in the branches, but I don't know, maybe when this sort of comes back, we'll, I don't know if we're all going all gonna to come back. And then maybe that has it shifted now in the last several months. Like, you know what? No, we, 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 as an executive leadership team, as a, as a community, as a 95 plus year old, you know, credit union decided that, no, this is who we are. And this, and we're not going to be abashed at that. Like we are going to be in person and that's who we are. Has it been a, I don't know. a recent realization or was it always that thing? Like from the beginning, like, you know what? Yes, this too shall pass. And when it does pass, we will be back. Yeah, I think it's more of the latter. Um, We never really envisioned ourselves as as giving up our floor space and becoming truly remote. We we have had a lot of conversations at the leadership level about what what percentage that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, It's becoming more and more clear that as we have brought a few people back, that that synergy and that energy is showing. Um, you know, I, I you know I kind of liken it, liken it that we've kept the bus going, we've kept the wheels on, and you know we've been able to successfully continue to support our members and our community. Um, but we really thrive on you know those in-person connections, and so that has become much more clear. But we never really did envision ourselves becoming a remote um, workforce. Um, like I said, there's a few opportunities that we've been able to capitalize on, but we will continue to look at how can we safely bring our employees back where it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such a, I'm, I can't believe we're already 14 months into that sort of a situation to even think through. <laughs> and I mean, the amount that, that leaders have been stretched over this period of time. And it's funny because I think in the very beginning, leaders didn't, I'm not going to say they didn't have to make a decision. It was just, everyone was just thrown in the same bucket for a certain degree. And, and then 
But then as we're, as we're slowly starting to climb out of this, leaders are now like having to make decisions, having to set policies in place, having to put these things out there that are, are you know, planting a flag saying, this is who we are. This is, and this is how we will continue mm-hmm. to be. And, um, and I think, you know, to a certain degree, that's going to, that's going to attract, you know, or just deepen that culture that, that these organizations have. Right. And then some, they go, mm-hmm. you know what, like, you know, like the lady that you had, had spoke about, right. It was like, mm, great, but you know, there, there's probably something else out there that's going to fit my lifestyle mm-hmm. better. And it's just going to be really interesting to see the next, the next 18 months, what actually sort of happens yeah. on that. Yeah, I agree. With all the stuff that's been going on the last 12 months, what are some of the things that you do to refresh, relax, sort of get your <laughs> bearings back? And you can't say traveling to Europe you know, because it, that doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's really just been focusing on the small things. Um, you know, most of us haven't done a whole lot of travel. I've got three kiddos, uh, two in college and one um, still in grade school. And so just finding that little bit of time where I, I disconnect my little one from her iPad or her Chromebook and say, we are going outside. You need fresh air. And so really kind of focusing on just those small things, whether it's a walk, whether it's, you know, my husband and I went to the driving range yesterday, which, you know, wasn't glamorous, but it was an hour out of the house and, yeah. and it was raining a bit, but you know, just, you know, connecting with people on zoom and, making the boat most of it. You know, one thing that sometimes I blame myself for the pandemic, I'll tell you why, because I remember um, telling my husband, it was February of last year. And I said, I just want the world to slow down. I just want to stay Thanks home and stop traveling. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, a month later that, that, that dream came home. So I think balance, I think has really um, been one of those insights that I've realized through the pandemic that, you know, we went, I went from, a horrendous travel schedule and, and what have you to a no travel schedule. And I think reality is probably or the best place is kind of in the middle. And I think that's one of the, the lessons that I'll take from the pandemic is that you don't have to be on the plane all the time to get everywhere. Right. And this yeah. beautiful thing about Zoom, I'm on a board and we've been very effective using Zoom, you know, whether we've got people in Arizona or California or Hawaii, they, we can still all come together and be highly effective on Zoom without forcing four or five people to get on an airplane and that contributes to quality of life. And so I think that's a great takeaway that we're all going to have is that a sales call doesn't mean you always have to jump on a plane and fly across the country to be authentic and meaningful and and create connection. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, it's such a great point. I think there's, there's, there's a whole lot that we've learned that hopefully we transfer you know, in the next period of time, because mm-hmm. you're right, there's so much, we can pretty much do almost anything in this capacity vir- virtually, right? I mean, it's hard to build yeah. deep relationships virtually. It's hard to do that without, you know, shaking hands or giving hugs or going to eat, like just breaking bread together. That's really challenging to do. But yeah. I've also found sometimes that, that, you know, we've got a small team here in Portland, but it's almost, we've gotten closer because, you know, we, we instilled doing uh, Zoom calls every day for 30 minutes just to connect with each other. And we've since taken that to three days a week, just, you know, for a whole host of reasons, but right. I don't know, you just get close, you, you, you get closer to, to some of the people on your team. And now it's just, you're just sort of ready to be in person and, and, you know, break some bread from all this stuff. Um, okay. So if you think back through your history, it could be someone from South Dakota, it could be someone from Arizona or Alaska or who knows where, but if you could uh, spend some time uh, with a coffee or a cocktail with anybody in history or present, mm-hmm. Who do you, who would that be and, and why? You know, I think we 
would, so this is somebody who passed a number of years ago, um, but I think it would be St. Teresa of Calcutta. We, she's more commonly known as Mother Teresa. I think that she is a phenomenal woman. She had this absolute devotion to a life cause and suppression of self and service to others. And, you know, she was a small, petite woman. She, she spoke five languages fluently. She would probably be, she would be the person I think I would, I would like to talk to. She, she has a quote and I love this quote because I, I think it shows how intentional she is about who, knowing who she was. And I think that's a challenge that we all have in, in being, being able to state and know who we are. But she says, by blood, I am Albanian, by citizenship and Indian, by faith, I am a Catholic nun. As to my calling, I belong to the world. As to my heart, I belong entirely to the heart of Jesus. And I thought to have, to have that wow. so succinctly to know who you are, notwithstanding what the labels that are put on us and to, to be able to authentically you know, tell the world who and what you are, I think is just quite a gift. So um, I also yeah. think that she kind of had a sense of humor. And so I think it would kind of be fun to, to spend an hour um, having tea with Mother Teresa. Yeah. What a mission statement that is, right? If you think about it in corporate speak, like that is so good. I have it up on my, I have it up on my wall. I was like, gosh, to have that kind of clarity and precision <laughs> of brands, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And the, 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 the number of people that, that lives she touched is just countless, truly countless. Yeah. That's yeah. a, what a great answer. What a great answer. Yeah. Um, so for those uh, who might want to get to know uh, more about On Point or more about you, where can they, where can they find, find you guys? If you'd like to find us, we are at www.onpointcu.com. Um, you can learn all about us, about the communities that we serve, um, and all of the great work that we do for our members, our communities, and for our employees. Awesome. And what about you? Where can people you find can you? You can always reach me. Yeah, um, I'm on if, LinkedIn. If you as want, well. if you want um, people to know where you are, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They might, they might accuse me of causing the pandemic, so I might get a, a, a little bit of hate mail. But uh, uh, reach me at Jackie J C K I E dot Dunkley D U N C K L E Y at onpointcu dot com. So awesome. would ha- be happy to to make connections. That would be great. Jackie, what a pleasure to have you on. I, you know, I, I appreciate you saying yes. I know it, you know, you are a very, very busy woman and, um, I appreciate you saying yes and joining me today. And, um, yeah, just looking forward to more conversations as, as time goes on. Well, thank you. Thank you, Blake, for the opportunity to speak with you, for, for me to share my story and a little bit about On Point. And I know that we both are affiliated with a few nonprofits and I want to say thank you for your continued service to the community, people like you that, make this community that we live in awesome. So thank you very much for your service. Yeah, right back at you. Thank you for listening to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. To follow along and get additional insights from each episode, visit cressa.com slash Portland. Please also take a minute to rate and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.